0: Hello, this is Robbie Lee. And Sam. And welcome once again to Third Row from the Front. Today's movie is The Exorcist, the 1973 film starring Ellen Burstyn, Linda Blair, and Jason Miller. Uh, this movie is based on the 1971 novel by William Peter Blatty. And it is about a little girl, 12-year-old, living in uh, Georgetown, is it Washington. Yeah, uh, or Maryland. I don't know DC area, um, so it's not Washington State. But uh, yeah, anyways, so, um, they're living there. The uh, Ellen Burstyn plays an actress named Chris McNeil, and um, single mom. You know, living with her her daughter. She's an actress in the movie, uh, filming a movie filming a movie there in Georgetown. So that's why she's located there temporarily, um, and. Um, early on in the movie, there's these kind of weird things that are happening, strange noises coming from the attic. Um, and then pretty soon after that, Linda Blair's character, Reagan McNeil starts exhibiting. She's just, you know, happy go lucky little 12 year old girl. And then pretty soon she starts exhibiting these strange behavior. She starts complaining about her bed shaking. Um, she starts... <laughs> becoming more aggressive and starts using like really foul language and uh, so the mom starts freaking out and going like what's wrong with my my daughter so she goes to the doctors um they do numerous like these painful tests exams um to try to figure out what's going on they think it's something in her brain maybe it's a lesion um but of course as they're doing these tests uh they, you know, they can't figure it out because they're, they're like, you know, what? There is no lesion there. Maybe it's a uh, psychological. So go see a psychiatrist. They basically keep sending her to all these different places to help. And of course, as this is happening, she, the little girl, Reagan, is getting much worse. She starts exhibiting, um, you know, very foul behavior, and all of you know, she's starting to get marks on her face. It looks like she's like scratching at herself or whatever. Um, finally, they. <laughs> The the doctors kind of give up and they're just like, hey, have you heard about like an exorcism? (laughs) And of course the reason that they give is not because they believe in it but more so that, hey, you know, if this is what your daughter believes is happening to her, you know, then the exorcism, it'll work not because of any spiritual reasons but because, you know, psychologically she'll believe that it's working. So anyway, the movie is about that, basically about this whole journey of them trying to figure out what's wrong with the daughter and then – the actual exorcism happens in the last, you know, 30 minutes of the movie. But, um, of course this is, uh, known as one of the scariest movies of all time. Um, your mileage may vary of course now, and I guess modern audiences maybe won't find it as scary as it once was 50 years ago. But we'll go into that and we'll discuss, you know, um, what we think of it obviously. But, um, we're watching this to prepare for the... Uh, upcoming sequel that's coming out this Friday, uh, The Exorcist um, Believer, I believe it's called the subtitle. But anyway, Sam, what did you think of The Exorcist?
1: I really like this movie. This is probably like one of my top two favorite scary movies to watch. The other one is The Witch. That's not my favorite movie (laughs) to watch, but it is the scariest movie to me. Um, But especially for being made in the 70s, like this movie is, like, a really good piece of art. Like, just the effects that they use. The the characters themselves. Like, my favorite character is the mom. The main <laughs> character. Chris, yeah. whatever. Chris like, McNeil, yeah. She's, because she's a strong, like, I guess, single mom, because the dad's not there.
0: I, I Yeah, they never really go into whether they're divorced or not, but it feels like they're separated, at least.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, and I like that, though, because she's constantly yelling at people, <laughs> and, like, uh, she's just like, what is wrong with you? And just fix her! And, you know, like, she's just, like, at her wit's end, you know, like, she's going crazy, and she just wants to save her daughter, and... I like that she's always yelling at the doctors, and
0: she's <laughs> yeah because like... the the doctors kind of give her the runaround, and they try to. It sounds like they're ma- making excuses basically, mm-hmm. and so she she sees through the bullshit basically.
1: Yeah, and that's <laughs> what I like about her. Um, and one of the things I like about this movie is they don't really explain a lot. Like, there's always things that happen in the movie that. I mean, I kept asking you like why did she say that? Or what was that? Or why who is that? Like and and that's with subtitles, you know? Like, first of all, (laughs) the movie is very quiet. Yeah. At like during dialogue times or scenes, but then it gets very loud when it comes to Reagan and the really scary scenes. And it's just And
0: I'm sure that's by design. Yeah, to freak you out (laughs) with the
1: sound design. Yeah. Um but yeah, there's a lot that just happens or is said and is just never explained. Like they they bring up a, a Ouija board And it's only in the the scene for maybe, like, a minute. Like, they're just trying to, oh, it's a game you've been playing? Show me. Oh, it's not working? Okay. And then that's it. They never bring it up again. Yeah.
0: I I like that you say that because I feel like if this were to have been made nowadays, they would have really focused on that. They would have zoomed in on the Ouija board. They would have played, like, really creepy music to make it, like, obvious, like, ooh, this is what caused it. But in this movie, it's just shown as if she just showed her mom, like, a a painting that she drew. It's like, it's nothing... That they call out, or, or but it's there, and you're just kind of like, huh, that's interesting.
1: Because those of us that know <laughs> what the Ouija board is about, you know that's most likely the cause of everything that's going on, and it's, um uh, I mean, it's a really scary thing that you do not mess with, but if you don't know that, then maybe you right. as the viewer might not understand why they put that in the movie. And
0: that's what I like, too, is that... They make it clear that they're not a religious family whatsoever. Yeah. So to them, it isn't like, "Ooh, what have you been playing with?" This is evil. It's more like, "Oh, what is this?" You know, you've been playing by yourself with this. You know, why, why haven't you asked me to play? You know, it's it's not, and They don't get the the spiritual implications of it or whatever. You know,
1: right? So yeah, I also like that they're not a spiritual family either. Um, it's so funny because like the the priest tells the mom like, "Oh, I I, I told." reagan or or the demon that this was holy water and it's it's tap water you know and they thought it, it he thought it was holy water and so the mom was like what's the difference yeah she just kind of looks at him <laughs> like
0: okay like, well <laughs> holy
1: water has been blessed and so, and so it's just kind of like yeah okay whatever <laughs> um but i i really like that about her character again like the way they wrote her character is just i i it's it's just hilarious to me and there's also a scene where, like, the priest starts beating up Reagan because of something she's done. Like, he w- – first of all, he's a boxer, okay? <laughs>
0: I and he, about that. like,
1: throws her to the ground yeah. and starts wailing on her. And I was like – I was just cracking up. I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's hilarious. Um but Reagan, the possessed Reagan, they, she's so ugly and creepy and, and scary and the effects they use with like this weird like overlap of like a face. It's just, yeah, it was, it was pretty, I don't want to say ahead of its time, but pretty original, like these effects that they came up with for this movie, um, especially with her head spinning backwards and then the projectile vomiting everyone knows about, um, yeah, it, it's a really creepy movie, and, and especially if you are a spiritual person, because um, I know a lot of like my family that, you know, like my mom and other people who grew up watching this movie when they were younger. They were very like religious, and I, I know it scared the shit out of all of them. <laughs> yeah, um, because from a spiritual sense, it is it is very it, it could be a very real thing, and it's it's really it, scary to think about.
0: Especially especially for people that were raised Catholic, I feel mm-hmm. like because um this is almost like this movie was like the boogeyman of movies like you're not supposed to watch this movie it's evil it's cursed so just watch you know just the mention of the title it's like ooh. you know it's like you're almost like you said you were at a a freaking um you know witch, a black mass or something it's like (laughs) you know it's like just seen as this horrible thing
1: yeah but i i love this story it's such an original story and um the way they filmed it, a lot of, like, it reminded me, is it Steven Spielberg, where there's, a, like, a lot of scenes where people are talking yes, the overlap. over each mm-hmm. other in the scene, and you can't really focus on one conversation, everything, it it feels real, like yeah. you're in a room with a bunch yeah. of people talking. It doesn't
0: feel like everyone's waiting for their turn to say They're their kidding. dialogue. Yeah. Right, it's people, overla- yeah, it's overlapping dialogue, that's, uh, Spielberg does that, and I, th- uh, I forget what other director did that before him, but it's... Yeah, it has that realistic feel to it.
1: Yeah, so it makes it feel real to mm-hmm. you. It makes, you know, and which makes it more scary to watch cuz you don't feel like you're in some fantasy movie that could never happen. It just feels like, oh yeah, like shit, this feels like real. I, and I
0: think that's why the movie works for me because it it it's it very much steeped in realism. Mm-hmm. Um no part of this feels like uh like you're watching a horror movie. It almost feels like you're watching I wouldn't say a documentary, but it just feels like you're watching something that's almost based on a true story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because everything feels real. Um, and then even the fact that a lot of the – like the first half of the movie is just these medical procedures because yeah. that's what would happen in real life. You wouldn't go straight to we need an exorcist. You would go yeah. – what the hell's wrong with my kid? Like, let's let's get all the, the testing done that we can. And they show all the tests, all the the angiography. I forget what it's called, but is this like really painful test that they don't do it that way anymore, apparently. I was reading up on it. But, oh, really? But that scene where like all the blood's like that's shooting out so of her gross. neck.
1: That's like a spinal tap, right? Yeah.
0: And they the medical community basically praised that scene because of its realism. Like that's really wow. how they used to do it. Um but so a lot of it is based in this like Going through the steps of like trying to figure out what's wrong with her, and then when all the medical stuff doesn't work, again they don't jump straight to exorcism. They go, okay, let's try a psychiatrist. You know, maybe there's something that she needs help with, you know, psychologically. And so it's definitely goes through the the realistic steps that you would go to (laughs) before you get to finally. Maybe we need a a, you know, as she calls it, a witch doctor. You're telling me I need to take my daughter to a witch doctor, (laughs) so you know,
1: yeah. So the movie, to me, there's funny parts in it, but not because the movie's trying to be funny. It's just I find them humorous.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, especially when you've seen this movie numerous times, it, it you do start to see the humor in it. Kind of reminds me of that scene in, in be- that line in Beetlejuice where he's like, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, because I mean. Look, the first time you see it, it's shocking. I mean, especially, I feel like if you're of a certain age. Nowadays, I feel like the movie's been parodied so much. It's been, there have been so many like exorcism type movies yeah. that I get that like people of a younger generation, like probably like under 30, it probably doesn't affect them the same way because mm-hmm. it's just like more funny to them or especially because it's older too. But, um, some of the stuff like the the stuff that comes out of this girl's mouth is just like the most foul things you can have a 12 year old saying. It's just like awful, like just, you know, gross stuff. And I'm I'm just thinking like, of course they're going to have, they wanted to, to have this demon say the most like foul, offensive things that you could think of. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so I'm not even going to repeat it because she says some like horrible stuff. Uh, and then of course there's horrible acts that are done and, Um, it's funny because when I saw this movie when I was younger, there's stuff that happens that I didn't understand when I was a kid. Um, you know, we'll, I won't go into it, but there's a part where I thought she was hurting herself, which she is, but it's, uh, something completely different than I expect than I thought when, when I got older, I realized what was happening. But, um, yeah, so it's really crazy. Um, I like the way, like you said, the way they do the makeup, because it's this slow progression, where it starts off with like it's just Linda Blair's face, and they've added some like little cuts to her face, and like her lips look all chapped and dry, and then as her possession goes on, her face starts to change more and more, and by the end, she's almost unrecognizable. She's got the green, those green contacts, you know, and. She has this ugly, like gremlin face, and the voices. That's another thing I, I really was was innovative. I think is they use three voices really for this oh, demon wow. voice. So it's this woman named Mercedes McCambridge who was an actress. Um, she's the one that has that. You know, like yeah. she does most of the talking. You know, oh. but you also hear this deeper, like you know, there's parts where he's like Burn, or whatever. That's a man that's doing that voice Mm. and then of course intercut through all that you'll sometimes hear linda blair's girl you know this little girl voice kind of screaming along with these screams that are happening and then of course they mixed in at times like animal noises so you it's this really unholy sounding voice coming out of this this room really that's pretty cool yeah so it's not just like somebody going ah you're you know you'll you know just speaking creepily it's this weird melding of like voices so that it just sounds like there's a lot going on inside which is why it makes them believe that there's multiple demons inside or something Mm -hmm. but um yeah it was a really crazy sound design and then again going back to the effects like you said this is one of those movies that people always cite when they talk about practical effects in that practical effects meaning everything is done on the set like you're not looking at something that was CGI, CGI or added post production. Um, the only thing, the only time that happens is like you said, where they intercut her face with that other face, oh, yeah. and that was not CGI. They just superimposed this other image on top of hers. Um, but it's so subtle that you're like, "Whoa, that was crazy!" The way they did that, like you mm-hmm. said, there's also the use of. It's not subliminal because if it was subliminal, you couldn't like pause it at that moment. But it's like. As close to subliminal as you can get, there's like yeah. a few images where you're watching and you're like, wait, did I just see a face like in this dream or whatever? And it's really creepy. It's really effective in like creeping you out. And it's that same image that's superimposed mm-hmm. on her face. But um, like you said, a lot of the techniques and stuff that were used on the film were really innovative. Um, and of course, <laughs> when you get really into like the making of the film, a lot of people got hurt during the filming of this movie because because they were doing it on set poor linda blair i think her back got messed up at one point when that scene where she's like thrashing back and forth because they had this this kind of like girdle thing set up on her that would like toss her forward and she said that it got loose like the straps got loose and so every time she was going up the thing was like slapping her in the back as it was going and so she's like Linda Blair said, like, those screams that you hear, those are real. Like That's me, like, screaming in pain. And so, you know, of course, they did things a lot differently back in the day. They had less uh, protections for the actors and stuff. So they went through a lot making this movie. Uh, there's a scene where uh, Jason Miller, the one that plays Damien Karras, he, he whips his head around. Like, what? You know, because uh, he gets startled by this phone ringing. And apparently the director, like, shot a gun so that it would startle him so he would get the right effect that he wanted um at the end where uh one of the priests is reading like somebody their last rites he's like hand is trembling and you you know because he's like sad and and traumatized but the reason that he's shaking is because the director slapped him in the face right before he slapped him he's like all right go and then like (laughs) started (laughs) (laughs) so in other words this is a movie that you couldn't make the way you did it then. You couldn't make it like that nowadays. You, there'd be lawsuits. There'd be people walking off sets. But I guess back then you That's could funny. mistreat your cr- casting crew as much as you wanted. Um, so say yeah. <laughs> so for better or worse, obviously. <laughs>
1: That's so crazy. But
0: yeah, there's a lot of of behind the scenes stories on that movie and the curse supposedly of that film. Um, like we said, the, one of the radiographers or whatever, he turned out to be an actual killer later. Um, supposedly a serial killer, but they never proved anything. I don't know. Uh, all kinds of weird stuff. But, uh, I think that added to the, the, um, what do you call it? The mythos of the movie. Like it made it, you know, it it kind of has helped keep it in its place as like one of the scariest movies of all time, because, not only because of what's on screen, but also but like what happened behind this, behind the, the camera and all that stuff. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see if this sequel. It's supposed to be like a direct sequel. So there's, I think they're ignoring everything that's come between the first movie and this movie, uh, kind of like they did with the Halloween sequels, and we saw how that turned out. So <laughs> let's hope this one goes a little better. But I don't know. I, I'm I'm not holding my breath because it's good. I feel like every the Exorcist is that movie that every exorcism movie has tried to top, yeah, and you just can't like it's you, can't you it. either go like way over the top or you start adding all this c g i and it just kind of dilutes it um so to me, it's still one of the most like powerful movies, and like you said there's there's some really cool like there's a scene where um the the priest Damien Karras is having a, like a dream slash nightmare. And it's not filmed in any, in any crazy way. It looks very much like a dream in that there's these kind of images that are kind of intercut. And the whole time you just hear him, like his breathing of like mm-hmm. him asleep. yeah. And then you even hear a little bit of his voice, like when someone's like talking in their sleep. So you can hear him kind of go like, oh, oh, oh. but you don't see his face through the whole sequence. You just see these images and it's yeah. just such a cool effect like. Uh, this dream sequence I've never seen a dream sequence film that way before or since then so yeah it's um, really
1: cool and the the scenes that they created for that dream sequence yeah. it's really creepy <laughs> yeah. and just just so creative you know yeah. but um and then it I think you see him in the dream kind of like yelling yeah. out but it's again it. where You don't hear him. You can't hear yourself like screaming and everyone's had that nightmare where you're screaming in your sleep, but your voice isn't coming Mm -hmm. out and no one can hear you. So it's like, again, a realistic dream that you can relate to. So, or a nightmare. So it's really cool. It's a really well done movie. Like it's just so creative and original and there's just so much attention to detail to everything like there was the one thing that I noticed this time that I hadn't noticed before where Reagan was talking to Damien and in Latin or a different language. And because we had the subtitles on, I was able to see what she was saying. And then it wasn't until later in the movie where that dialogue came up again. And I was like, Oh my God, like that's what she was saying earlier. Like she was reading the last rites and all this stuff. Like it was just like, wow, like I'm still discovering things about this movie. It's just, so it's mm-hmm. really cool it was a really cool uh, i don't know i guess thing that they did
0: yeah that was i, I had never noticed that either actually um because i i yeah i just never took notice of what they were actually saying or what yeah. was what she was saying um because it was in latin and so i was like i don't know what that is what that means <laughs> but uh yeah it's really crazy uh how they how they kind of did like a little bit of foreshadowing i guess you could say yeah um what was the other thing i was gonna say oh yeah the one last thing i would say is uh i would recommend watching the original theatrical version which is the one that's probably mostly available because they did do one in 2000 that was it was they kept hyping it as the version you've never seen and that's i think that's the one most people saw that the younger people because that's the one that was mostly available i think they basically added a bunch put a bunch of scenes back in that they had taken out and they like that image that's like that flashes. Uh-huh. They put it like in different scenes in the movie, uh-huh. like earlier on. And to me, it's like overkill. To me, it was like, it kind of reminded me of like the George Lucas thing, where it's like, all right, this was fine before, and then you just added all this new stuff, and it wasn't necessary at all. So to me, <laughs> there's the famous spy- that spider crawl scene or whatever, no, um, which everyone talks about. But I'm like, to me, I understand why they took it out. It doesn't really fit in the movie it just it's just like a weird shock scare basically yeah um and so i understand why they they chose to take it out but so that's why i would recommend the original theatrical version there are some dialogue pieces that are taken out which would have been nice to have in the movie but it doesn't really take anything away from it so um yeah i would recommend that but like, like you said it kind of now that i'm talking about it, it reminds me i'm remembering that scene where she comes home and something terrible has just happened that they're not aware of but um she gets home and the lights are flashing and the phone is ringing and yeah. she answers the phone and no one answers again it's like kind of like chaotic but again it's just played straight it's just played like as if like what the heck's going on with the electricity whereas again if i feel like th- if this movie was made nowadays they would really play it up they would amp up those the eerie music and they would yeah. um they would just make it real obvious that something sinister is happening but in this movie it's just more like huh what the heck's going on um so i love that and it's a very sparse use of music i think that's part of it too they yeah. don't throw a lot of creepy music the most memorable piece of music of course is the tubular bells which everyone knows that that pian- you know that that song is mm-hmm. is like the theme song of the exorcist even though it wasn't written for the movie but um yeah, I mean, I, I really, like you said, like you said about The Mummy, I could go on about The Exorcist, um, but uh, obviously I, it's a highly recommend from me and a highly recommended from you mm-hmm. with the that caveat, I guess, for the younger viewers that it may not have the same effect that it did, on, I guess, on people 50 years ago. But that, you could say that about any movie, really, that was, like, groundbreaking. You could say yeah. that about The Matrix. You could say that about um, Jurassic Park. You know, these movies were amazing in their you know the year they came out and now when you watch them like 20 30 50 years later it's like oh you know this is it this is what everyone was talking about you know because of course we have years of people uh either mocking those movies or copying those movies and so by the time you get to see it you know with fresh eyes it's like it's not a big deal anymore but i would i would definitely recommend it Mm -hmm. especially if you're going to go see the that new one that's coming out because it's supposedly a direct sequel to this movie. And it, and it, it includes once again, um, Chris McNeil, which is it's crazy. The uh, Ellen Burstyn is 90 years old now, so good for her that's for, crazy. for still making movies, you know? But, uh, anyway, I guess that wraps it up for the exorcist. Uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at third row from the front. Also subscribe to our podcast, So you're always sure to get our newest episodes. And we'll talk to you next time on Third Row from the Front.
1: Bye.